You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Talking Reds baseball today on this Thursday, July 21st with our Reds reporter, Mark Sheldon. Mark, we thank you as always for the time. And uh, Mark, let's dive right in. The Reds took uh, the rubber game against the Braves by a 6-3 final. And uh, Anthony DiSclafani was really dealing eight innings by uh, Disco, as he's called. Uh, two runs uh, for that game, and he runs his record of 5-0. and And I know that... You know, sometimes the fans and even us in the media, we get too caught up in saying, you know, okay, this guy's an ace, this guy's a number three, this guy's a back. From what you've seen from Di Scalfani thus far, again, he's 5-0. and Is this the guy that has the inside track uh, to emerge as a true bona fide ace somewhere down the road for this team? It's certainly possible. I mean, when they traded for him before last year, you know, he kind of – projected as a middle of the rotation guy because he didn't have like blow you know hitters away stuff but he was he was uh, he ended up being pretty consistent he's one of those guys who's very uh, able to give you a quality start six seven innings and he went through his struggles with his first full year last year it wasn't perfect but he had some really nice outings went 184 innings it was definitely promising going into this year he's just taking it up a notch uh, except for one start every other start's been at least six innings he's had two that's going on eight innings uh, and he's just Throwing strikes, he hasn't allowed a walk in like 21 uh, consecutive innings. So yes, he does have the the future ace possibility on him. But with the number one caveat being, when you want from an ace is you want him to throw a lot of innings, and he's able to do that. So uh, I think coming off the oblique injury, it wasn't positive that he could uh, either be what he was last year or even better, and he's really shown that he can. Yeah, he certainly has it. Again, he is five and zero in his uh, abbreviated time here in 2016, but he has certainly uh, looked good and very consistent, as you said, all season long. And Mark, it's interesting. You can draw a lot of uh, parallels and comparisons between him and Cody Reed, as you said. Uh, Di Scalfani last year had his growing pains, his ups and downs. You knew that the talent and the stuff was there. He just had to put it all together. Now you look at Cody Reed, and you know there's no way to sugarcoat this. His first. Uh, you know, four or five big league starts, just brutal. ERA slightly under eight and a half. But on Tuesday, and yes, it's against the Braves, I understand. But nonetheless, uh, two unearned runs through six innings. He looked very good. What was the difference for him Tuesday as opposed to those first uh, four or five starts on a big league mound? Well, that beginning of that start on Tuesday was uh, possibly headed to Disasterville as well. He, he was, uh, you know, gave up with some hard hits, some, they, or they squared up the ball pretty hard, even if it was caught. And he, starting to wonder, well, boy, this could be another rough outing. And, and uh, what he and Brian Price both said is that he slowed down. He finally kind of took control of himself. He, 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 you know, he breathed a little bit. He just kind of stopped rushing. And he was able for the, maybe the last you know, four innings of that start, really kind of get it together and use his slider effectively, throw his fastball really well for strikes, and not leave any fat pitches over the plate. And it really did work out. It was uh, the first time he was able to leave a start with a lot of confidence, and, and you know, since probably since he came up, or maybe other, maybe his one first start when he was pitching pretty well. Uh, this has been uh, something for him to build off of, and they're hoping certainly when he goes back out again that he can take what he did in the end of that start and bring it to the beginning of the next start. 
And, Mark, as we hear so often from, uh, you know, even the most successful athletes in Major League Baseball, baseball is always a game of failure, and it's it's a tough thing even for guys with, you know, 10 years, 15 years under their belt to, you know, bounce back from failure and, to, you know, pick yourself back up and be successful the next time around. But for a guy that does not have that kind of track record, for a guy that has not tasted any success at the big league level, how challenging was it for Cody Reed in particular to, again, you know, here he is with all this potential, all this hype. He's done nothing in those first five starts. Did he get down on himself? Was it hard for him to to kind of, you know, keep that self-confidence that, you know what, I belong here and eventually I am going to get this thing turned around? It certainly wasn't easy, but he's been uh, very fortunate in one way is that he's had a lot of teammates, uh, veteran guys, come up to him and let him know that his stuff does play in the major leagues and that he, if he gets it together that he could be very successful. He had guys like Joey Votto, uh, Ross Allendorf, Jay Bruce, Zach Cozart uh, coming up to him. Brian Price has uh, only said that he's not going anywhere, that, that they haven't wavered on his, on their confidence in him. They thought he was too good for AAA, but obviously the kind of stuff he had needed to be worked out and that he could pitch in the major leagues and get major league hitters out. They saw it in spring training. They saw it you know, just from watching him in AAA and the reports that he could do this. They feel like he can, and that's why – uh, Price has been like he's not going anywhere, even when he's struggling. So they they really uh, they are behind him, and I think that might help him keep his confidence going going forward. Yeah, the vote of confidence always a a positive thing, especially coming from veteran teammates, as is the case with Cody Reed. So it appears that his AAA days are uh, firmly in the rearview mirror. We cannot say the same though for John Lamb. He was optioned to AAA after a very difficult outing last weekend. It appears that Homer Bailey is very close to returning. I believe he's got four rehab starts under his belt. Uh, when are we going to see Homer on the mound at uh, GAB here, Mark? Actually, he had his fifth start yesterday, threw 83 pitches at Louisville, and now we, we wait. Uh, they haven't decided yet if that's the last one or if he needs one more. Uh, they've always been kind of keeping that a fluid situation. Uh, they were, you know, 83 pitches, though, is what he wanted. Uh, they wanted to get him up to that range before they activated him. I'm not sure if they might want to give him one more or not, just to make sure it's it's uh, kind of hinging on what they plan to do with the rotation. Now that Lamb is out, they have Kiva Sampson starting Saturday in a spot start. Uh, and then the next time through the rotation, that could be the with the spot where somewhere where where Homer Bailey slides and they have an off day as well. So they have they have some opportunity to manipulate the the rotation to their liking. But we will find out going forward. I have a feeling it, it, you know, he could be uh, showing up at some time in that that West Coast road trip uh, next week, and and then we'll see. So it looks like the the days are dwindling down, uh, marking the return of Homer Bailey. That will happen hopefully sometime in the next uh, week or two, if not sooner. And, uh, Mark, unfortunately, been a very busy few days for a couple of Reds on the operating table. Uh, give us some uh, updates, if you could, on both John Moscott and uh, Devin Mesoraco, too. Yeah, Devin Mesoraco proved to be a, a rather surprising one because he's already been out for this season with a uh, uh, left non-throwing shoulder surgery that he had done in uh, early May, late April. And then suddenly we learned that he had a surgery to repair the right labrum in his hip. And he already had the left hip done a year ago. So uh, what ended up happening is they, they spotted some of the same uh, trends uh, of, of degeneration of, of issues in the uh, right hip that he had going into the left hip. And they decided to make this a preventative surgery. They did the sole surgeon. They looked at the, the uh scans and everything like that and the doctor that did the surgery in new york city conferred with the team medical director of the reds and they said he absolutely 100 percent will need the surgery at some point 
And if they had to do it next season, it would be three straight years of major surgery and not having Devin Mezzarocco play. So they decided to go ahead and do that. Uh, once his shoulder healed and it, it's, the shoulder is now able to be able to go on crutches so he can uh, crutch around. And they still think he could be back and starting catching drills sometime in January. And they, they firmly believe that his catching days are not over. That's something that's been asked a few times. And they think that the, the left hip has performed nicely uh, since that surgery and that it's healed and that the right one will do the same. And then it'll make him more athletic, more able to squat and move forward. And then as for John Moscott, he got demoted uh, in June after struggling, and then he ended up hurting his elbow in uh, early July this month. And after initially thinking it was just inflammation, it ended up being that he had the torn oral collateral ligament, and he had Tommy John surgery. And now, after missing all of last season with a separated left shoulder from a, a diving play, he's now out for the season and possibly next season with Tommy John surgery rehab. So it's been a a really tough break for him. Yeah, it's going to be a long road ahead for both uh, for John Moscott in particular and uh, Devin Mezzarocco too, but at least uh, things sound a little more encouraging where Mezzarocco is concerned uh, given his uh, you know immediate future for next year in Major League Baseball. Uh, Mark, let's kind of transition now since we did not get to speak during the All-Star break. Uh, let's hand out some first-half awards. We're going to hand out the, you know, the Red Cy Young Award amongst starting pitchers. We'll hand out the MVP amongst uh, position players, and then we'll get your opinion on the most uh, unexpected development for this Reds team in the first half of the season. So, Mark, let's start with the Reds' first half, Cy Young, and I would tend to think that the front runner is a guy that we talked about at the onset of the podcast. Do you agree? Well, uh, it's a tough one because if you want to – he only started the year in June. He's only had eight starts since uh, he came back from the DL, and so Anthony DiScofani would be my, my first half guy, but I wrote about it at the All-Star break that it was – uh, Brandon Finnegan, just because he made all his starts, he went. Uh, he had a. He flirted with a no hitter in April. He went toe to toe with Clayton Kershaw, a one nothing complete game loss with Los Angeles. So by the by the, the the pure measure of first half Cy Young, I have to give it to Finnegan. But it's certainly, if you go up to, to today, whereas we're talking right now, I would give it to Beesclafon. Yeah. Uh, definitely a, a tough race there, but a close race, I should say. But as you said, Finnegan made all of his starts. He's been healthy all year. We cannot say that for Disco. So by the skin of his teeth, we're going to give that one to the lefty, uh, Brandon Finnegan. And, uh, Mark, I know that uh, in the days leading up to this podcast, we discussed, you know, well, let's let's try to hand out a bullpen award, the Raleigh Fingers Award, if you will. And you kind of put the kibosh on that, saying it's just the bullpen's been such a mess all year, and that's true that it's it's really hard for one guy to distinguish himself amongst the others uh, for having an effective first half because we've chronicled the problems of this bullpen. So let's modify this a little bit. Of the guys in the bullpen right now, who do you see breaking out or who has perhaps broken out in recent weeks where you could see him at the end of the season being the top contributor to this revamped Reds bullpen? I think without a doubt, Rysel Iglesias has been a shot in the arm, no pun intended, for the bullpen. It's, it's a... Uh... He's come back in June. He had a, the shoulder problem. He was obviously the opening day starter, so him being in the bullpen was not part of the original arrangement, but uh, out of necessity has come this, and he's been a very good uh, contributor uh, in the middle of the late innings for them, and he's given them some really nice uh, length, uh, some couple of uh, two-inning uh, relief appearances. He actually hasn't allowed a run in his last 11-plus innings, uh, and he came, you know, he came back in June, and he just looks like he's strong. He could be the way he's throwing up in a higher velocity than he's had when he was starting, he could be a, a very end, you know end game closing type of pitcher if they uh, decide to go that route. He's just really, really helped the 
bullpen kind of settled down, him along with Michael Lorenzen. Uh, both of those guys have made the bullpen a little more trustworthy. They had a nice run of 13 innings of the entire bullpen of uh, not allowing a run. So uh, not just those guys, but guys like Tony Singrani and Blake Wood and uh, Ollendorf are starting to pitch a little bit better. So it's been a nice little run, but I think Iglesias gets that now. Yeah, I think, like you said, Iglesias and the Redson have given the bullpen some much-needed stability. They've really anchored that relief core, and things should be much better for the Reds here in the second half of the season in that regard. Mark, a few intriguing options for the MVP for position players. Uh, who is your pick here? Well, if I'm going to stick with the first half uh, mantra, I would give it to Adam Duvall, uh, uh, Jay Bruce being a close second. Uh, both those guys are struggling right now, but uh, Duvall, obviously, with the home run tout total and slugging and the extra base hits, and he's just been a nice story all year. Uh, although I would sense that if we were going into today, with counting just maybe the second half a little bit, Joey Votto is certainly a guy we should be looking at. We might be talking about at the podcast at the end of the season because he's obviously coming on and kind of showing signs of what he did last uh, last year in the second half. And Mark, to wrap up, uh, I would think Duvall is a front runner for this category. But uh, what is the most unexpected or surprising development for the first half for the Cincinnati Reds team? It's absolutely Duvall. Uh, you've got to remember, going into spring training, they really didn't even have a left fielder uh, solidified. It was first he had to make the team, which seemed likely, but he had to make the team. And then when he did make the team, he uh, had a platoon situation with Scott Shebler, and right away early to mid-April, Duvall showed that he was up for the challenge of being the everyday left fielder. Scott Shevler is now in AAA. He positions Duvall. I don't think anyone would have ever predicted that Adam Duvall would be a Reds all-star and a contestant in the home run derby uh, going into the year. So I, I would definitely say he's been the nicest surprise in a very rough season for the Reds. One of the biggest uh, surprising developments, not just for the Reds, but for Major League Baseball here in the 2016 season. Great stuff, as always, from our Reds reporter, Mark Sheldon. Mark will do it again next week. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cincinnati Reds. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.